This is actually my second time recording this episode. And I think that's really funny because it fits perfectly with what today's theme is. Today, we're talking about what happens when things don't go our way and how that's actually God showing us that he loves us. And I'm laughing because I thought I had this really eloquent introduction to this episode. I had recorded it and thought it was beautiful. And then I went back and listened and was like, oh my goodness, that was horrible. And I hadn't plugged the microphone in. And it would be really easy to get frustrated to say, wow, I just wasted so much time. All of my beautiful words are gone. But I'm laughing because I know that this is God showing us that he loves us. This is just one more way that God is reminding me that I'm not the one in control. I'm not in control of my life. I'm not in control of this podcast. I'm not in control even of the words that come out of my mouth. That he's the one that's guiding all of it to remind us that he loves us. Jesus loves you, this I know, because of messed up plans. I'm Cecilia Ciccone, and I love fountains. I wish I could give a more beautiful introduction to who I am and why I'm doing this podcast, but really, that's what's on my heart today. I love fountains. And when I was in college, I planned a trip specifically around seeing one particular fountain, and that fountain was in Switzerland, so this was a a pretty involved trip. I wanted to see the Jet d'eau, which is in Lake Geneva in Switzerland, and it shoots the water very, very high into the air and basically makes the entirety of Lake Geneva into one big fountain. The Alps are kind of in the distance in the back, and from what I saw in pictures, it was really, really beautiful, especially as someone who loves fountains. So I didn't really think much about this trip. I just said, okay, there's a fountain. Here's a plane ticket to get there. Here's a place where I can stay. And that was about it. And my first hint that maybe I should have done a little bit more research was when I got off the plane in Switzerland. And when I got off the plane, I looked at all the signs around me and I realized that I didn't actually know what language they spoke in Switzerland. For the record, in Geneva, they speak French. German and Italian are also other national languages, which I learned while I was there. But that was my first hint, that maybe things weren't going to go as I planned. I immediately went down to the lake. I had a friend with me who was traveling with me so that we could see the fountain. That was really, I told her that was what I had hoped for the three days that we were there, that we would just sit by the lake, that we would watch the fountain, and it would be peaceful and relaxing and a time like no other. We went down, there was no fountain. We concluded that the fountain must be on the other side of the lake, which was around a bend, so we got some tickets so that we could go on a boat ride to see the other side of the lake, and ultimately to see the fountain. We went on the boat ride, no fountain. It was dark when we were done, so we went back and we fell asleep, and as we were falling asleep, we said, you know, Probably they only turn the fountain on on like certain days. Tomorrow's Friday. They'll definitely turn it on on Friday. We woke up. We went down to the lake. No fountain. We looked on the map where the fountain was supposed to be. We walked over to it, walked out on what was kind of like a little dock, and we saw the jet d'eau, the entire reason that I had wanted to go to Switzerland, completely disassembled, under construction, and no one around working on it. It became clear that we were not going to get to see that fountain. And I would like to say that I have this great reason as to why I was in Switzerland, that while I was there, you know, I got to talk to someone about Jesus, or I had a beautiful life-changing experience, and that was the reason I went, even though I thought I was going for the fountain. But that's not true. 
Really, I was frustrated and disappointed. And even now, looking back on that, I see it as a wasted trip. But from that, and from everything in my life, even when I don't know exactly what it is, I know that God is revealing something when things don't go my way. And that's really clear to me because I'm someone who likes to plan. My entire life, I had this plan that I would become an engineer when I went to college. I would become an engineer, and then I would be like a missionary with it. I would use it to help people, and I would go to countries that needed engineers to help them, whether that was building wells or housing or whatever it was. Well, the first week of college, I was sitting in my introduction to engineering class, and in my gut, I just knew that that was not what I was supposed to be doing, and I changed my major. After one week, my life plans were upended. I ended up studying theology and religious studies and didn't know what I would do with it. And then God placed some religious sisters, the daughters of St. Paul, in my life. And I entered the convent to become a nun, once again thinking that I had my plans all set out. Definitely my plans for the rest of my life. I mean, that was it. That was the last decision that I would need to make. And then God showed me that that wasn't what he wanted for me. When I make plans, that's me trying to have control over my future. That's me saying, okay, if I do this step one, and then step two, and then step three, I know where I will be in the end. And some people like to say that God laughs when he sees our plans. I don't think that God laughs. I think that God's like a good father who sees our plans and is moved with love. That he sees them and he says something like, oh, it's cute that you think that that's what's best for you. But just wait until you see what I have in store. That's been my experience, that God doesn't want to mess up our plans. He wants to love us. He wants us to live the best lives possible. And like he said, he came to give us abundant life. And that's why he redirects our future. And this taps into one of my favorite aspects of God, which is the idea of God's providence, that from all eternity, he has had a plan for each and every one of us. And nothing, absolutely nothing, is outside of that plan. Our sins aren't outside of that plan. Our mistakes aren't outside of that plan. He knew exactly what would happen, exactly what we would do with our free will. We can't mess his plan up, even though we have free will. And when I was planning this episode, I thought I would use stories of things like people who were supposed to be at work in the World Trade Center on September 11th, 2001, or those things that are coincidences but that just doesn't get at what I wanted to talk about. That doesn't get at what's on my heart. Because God's providence is not the same as luck or as happy coincidence. And in fact, God's providence isn't always happy. And this is getting away from the idea that we have to know, see, and understand exactly what it is that God is doing in order to be able to trust him. It seems like every episode I remind you that I didn't start this podcast because I have some amazing wisdom but that I need to be reminded of God's love just as much as anyone else. And that's because right now, I actually find myself in a place where my plans have been super messed up. I don't know where I'll be a year from now, three years from now, five years from now. And honestly, this is one of the first times in my life where I've been in that place. And the only person whose control they've been under is God's. And in fact, I even hesitate to use the word messed up because it has such a negative connotation. But maybe that's exactly what they needed to be. My plans needed to be messed up because they weren't the best plans for me. God's plan is. And I don't know exactly why my plan wasn't the best. I thought I had put a lot of effort into it. 
I thought that I had done a pretty good job and it was detailed and it was thought out. But this has been an extremely humbling experience to have my plans, really some of the biggest plans for my life, flipped on their heads. This is an opportunity for me to learn how to be loved by God without doing anything. Because you see, as a Christian, it can be really easy to think that we have to do a lot of things to be loved by God. For me, even becoming a religious sister, that I needed to do everything perfectly, that I needed to be a sister, that I needed to give him absolutely everything just for him to love me. And the truth is that God is deserving of everything and that we can give him everything in so many different ways, but none of it changes how much he loves us. We are loved by God without doing anything. Our plans are beautiful, especially when we seek to glorify God. But ultimately, we need to let God show us how we can glorify him the best. Because our messed up plans don't just make our lives on earth better. They're what get us to heaven. When our plans are messed up, that's God showing us that he loves us so much that he wants us to be with him forever in heaven, that he will sacrifice a little bit of unhappiness or us being frustrated with him or whatever it might be for a few moments, even for months or years, if it means that we can be with him for all eternity. Each time that our plans get messed up, God reminds us that ultimately we were not made for whatever small thing we thought we were made for. We weren't made to just look at fountains or to be productive. No, we were made for communion with God, to be one with him. That's the God of the universe, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the creator, the almighty, wants us to be one with him. But it's really hard to admit that we're not in control. Even though we may say that, yes, God is the best and God is number one and he knows what he's doing. When it comes to that point of handing over control, of saying, okay, maybe my plans weren't the best, it's kind of like a brake screech. It's like, whoa, that's a little bit too much. Like, yes, it's nice to say that we trust him when something bad happens, but do we really want him to be in control? That's a serious question. Do we want God to be in control of our lives? I would hope so, because like I said, We believe that he's number one, that he's the almighty, that he loves us infinitely. But it's really, really difficult to give him control. I came up for this term of the way that sometimes Christians show that they don't totally trust God. They don't totally give him control. And that's what I call Instagram Christianity. And this is the type of Christianity, the type of living out our faith that says, I'm living my dream. Look how well I'm doing. And praise God that I'm doing well. And if things don't go how I wanted them to, I'll put a filter over them. I'll make them look good. I'll at least say, oh, you know, it was difficult, but everything came out well in the end. We end up not being honest about our difficulties and about our disappointments, about the doubts that we have. And the issue with this, it doesn't just exist on Instagram. It's something that exists among Christians. The problem is, is that it's not real. We're pretending like we're giving God control, but we only think he has control when things go our way. And I'm not going to sugarcoat it. Having our plans messed up is not easy. And I don't know exactly what that would look like on social media. That's not exactly what the point of this podcast is. But it's something to think about. How do I present my life in a way that shows that it's okay when God messes up my plans? It's not easy, but ultimately I'm grateful. 
And recently, I've had this strange string of responses to me talking to people about, even just in small ways, about little sufferings, about, you know, funny things that happened that were frustrating to me. Where people have said, why be sad? Jesus died for you. Or, you're a beloved daughter of God, isn't that enough? And on one hand, the Instagram Christianity Cecilia wants to say, yes, that is enough. Jesus died for me. I am a beloved daughter of God. Absolutely, you are right. This is not a big deal. I'm not sad anymore. (laughs) That's the Instagram Christianity part of me. But I gotta be honest. Give me a break. I'm gonna be frustrated when things don't go my way. I'm gonna be angry. I'm gonna be sad when I'm hurt. All of those things are extremely human. And all of those things are a part of God's plan for us. This is what it means to be human, and this is real. God didn't create his plans for us as though we were angels. He knew that we would have emotions. He knew that we would struggle. And he knew that he would be able to pull something beautiful out of it. In the last episode, we talked about Jesus becoming human. About how in God becoming human in the person of Jesus Christ, that he expressed his love for us, and how closely he wants to be with us, in all that we experience. And it's hard because Jesus was God, so he knew exactly what was going to happen. Nothing surprised him necessarily. But he experienced human emotions, and he experienced things like sadness and disappointment. And one of the scenes that really comes to mind for me when I think about Jesus being human is when he goes to the tomb of his friend Lazarus. And before he went there, the disciples said to him, you know, Lazarus is dead. And he says, he's not dead, but asleep. And they really thought that he meant just sleeping. But Jesus knew that he would raise Lazarus. He knew that Lazarus would be fine and would live a happy life. But still, when Jesus got to the tomb of Lazarus, who at that point had been dead for a few days, there's the shortest recorded verse in the Bible. Simply it says, Jesus wept. He wept. He knew that he would raise Lazarus. This was not a lack of faith. He experienced sadness. Jesus did not forget that he was the son of God. He did not forget that he had the power to raise Lazarus. No, he experienced what it's like to have human emotion and what it's like when things don't exactly go as we wish they would have. Because you see, knowing that we are loved by God does not mean that things are easy. Too often that's how we present it. That having your plans messed up will be easy and wonderful and you'll rejoice and get excited when things don't go your way. And sometimes when I'm in a really good mood and I've had enough coffee, I can be happy when things don't go my way. I can say, Okay, pressure's off of me. It's all on you, God, now. But most of the time, human emotions play in there. It's not a lack of faith. It's feeling the pain of being purified of our need to be in control. When things don't go our way, that's God saying, Will you trust me right now? When our plans are messed up, we really face a crossroads. It's this opportunity to say, Okay, Am I going to give up because my plans didn't go as I thought they would? I'm going to say, well, my plan B wasn't as good, so I'm just going to forget about it. Everything in my life is now pointless. Or am I going to let God speak to me through my messed up plans? 
allowing God to turn something that could potentially be absolutely devastating on its head to show me that I was thinking too small, that his love for me is so much more. Many of us trust in God's plan without even realizing it. We believe that when something bad happens, there must be something more. There has to be something better. We say, oh, I know that all things work for good, which actually is a quote from St. Paul. That's what keeps us going, is knowing that this idea that bad things cannot be the end. That's what keeps us going. But God doesn't just give us a tiny bit of hope to keep going. God doesn't love us just so that we will survive, just so that we will get through rough spots. No, Jesus said, I came that they might have life and have it abundantly. The problem is, is that our plans set the bar way too low. Maybe our bar is set low because our focus is on relationships. Maybe our bar is set low because we're focused on money or success. Or even if we do serve God, maybe we're looking too small. Or maybe we're only wanting to hit a lot of people on the surface. But you see, God's plan does not set the bar low. God's plan is abundant life. God's plan is life for all eternity. When we have our plans, we need to let Jesus mess them up. That's abundant life. And it's better than we could ever imagine. Our scripture today is from the prophet Jeremiah. He says, I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. Plans for your welfare and not for harm. To give you a future with hope. Then when you call upon me and come and pray to me, I will hear you. When you search for me, you will find me. If you seek me with all your heart, I will let you find me, says the Lord. And I will restore your fortunes and gather you from all the nations and all the places. And I will bring you back to the place from which I sent you. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. For this week's Love Tap, that part of the episode where I talk about the ways that I know that God loves me, well, I guess I kind of already covered one when I was talking about the beginning of this episode, the fact that this is the second time that we're recording the episode. I don't know, maybe the first time around, I might have spouted a little bit of heresy, so God was protecting you and protecting me. But my actual love tap for this week is, get ready, drum roll, stickers. So Jesus Loves You, This I Know stickers came in and... I am just giving them out. All you need to do is send me a message on social media with one way that you know that God loves you. And it's been really, really inspiring to receive all of them. And actually, the next episode will be inspired by one of the consistent reasons that you guys said that you know that Jesus loves you, because it really got me to reflect. If you want these stickers, it's a wonderful way to promote the podcast let people know that Jesus loves them and that that we can always be reminded because Jesus is always showing us that he loves us in literally everything that happens. And for this week's saint of the week, we have Mother Teresa. Mother Teresa is someone who is interesting because I've never felt extremely close to her spiritually. I've been definitely inspired by her and the work that she's done. 
But when I was putting together this episode and thinking about what I wanted to talk about, she was really, really on my mind and heart, and I believe wholeheartedly that she's praying for us as we talk about this, because she is someone who had her plans messed up. And now lots of saints had their plans messed up. Everyone does. Again, I think that's just a part of being human. But Mother Teresa was someone who was clearly serving God, who wanted to do God's will, and God messed up her plans. The first is when she was on the train, and she was already a religious sister, and she received what she called her call within a call, her call to leave her current religious order and start a new one. That's something that required an enormous amount of trust from God. And honestly, just thinking about her doing that, I'm sitting here and thinking, I don't know if I would have the courage to have my plans messed up in that big of a way. And she did. But then she followed this huge call. Everyone loved her around the world. Everyone held her up as a living saint. But then Mother Teresa experienced darkness for many years. She didn't actually feel that God was close to her. And she kept witnessing to his love, to his presence. But that wasn't her plan. When you're someone who gives your entire life to serve God, to let people know that he loves them, to care for people just as you say that you have been cared for by God, you kind of expect God to give you something in return. And she spent so much of her life in spiritual darkness, not knowing for sure whether or not God was with her, but living totally on faith. And the reason why she is so, so inspirational for having these plans messed up is one of the things that I spoke about earlier in the episode, this reality that we don't have to know exactly what God is doing, but we can have the faith that it's good and that in every single moment, he is trying to show us just how much he loves us. Let us pray. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Loving God, thank you for messing up our plans. Thank you for loving us with a love that is so deep and personal that it is involved in even the tiniest details of our lives. Send your Holy Spirit upon us, especially in those moments when things don't go as we planned, that instead of despairing by recognizing our own weakness, we will rejoice in hope as we surrender ourselves to your plan of love. We pray especially for those people today who find themselves in a place of despair, Lord, that you will be with them to comfort them and remind them of the truth of the abundant life that you came to give. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. This has been the Jesus Loves You, This I Know podcast, which is supported by the Holy Spirit and you, our listeners. If you feel moved to provide financial support to cover the costs of the podcast and that much-needed coffee to keep it going, you can send contributions by Venmo to me, Cecilia, at CEC underscore squared. And if you want to stay connected, I would absolutely love that. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at CEC squared, and that'll be in the show notes too. All right, that's it for now. Until next time, we'll be united in prayer. And remember, Jesus loves you, this I know, because, well, because of everything.